0: Hello and welcome to The Travis Pepper Show, the podcast where we take your recommendations, test them out, make a mess of them, and try to give the world a little lighthearted perspective on them. This week we had world champion freestyle kayaker and podcast host Nick Troutman on the show telling us about his experience and giving us a new challenge for the next two weeks, uh, just before I share my awful experience of our previous challenge, the carnivore diet. Mm. Enjoy. Take it away, me you sometimes feel like a moron don't worry we've got one too because we're not that clever but we make it all up with our can-do attitude so if you like a bit of banter with me and this old wanker we've got just the thing for We've got lots of content and it won't make sense. It's the Travis Pepper Show. That's okay. You can just talk. No one listens to us anyway. It's fine. <laughs> We're not worth listening to, so don't worry about it. It's. <laughs> the, uh, the but I'm glad anyway. you're set up now. <laughs> I'm glad you're yeah. set up.
1: Well, I mean, we'll we'll know later, I guess, but I think we're all good, so it, it should be good. We're That's good. I just wing so, life, you yeah. know, like where it's just like I just play it by ear and see how it goes, and yeah, it usually How's turns it out pretty out good. For you, so far? it's been it's been going pretty good so <laughs> far. I yeah. mean, I feel like I've been using Seems that it. technique for a solid, I don't know, fifteen years or something, and it's been a pretty good fifteen year run so far. So I think I'm just gonna keep at it. Yeah.
0: Well, you. In the, within those fifteen years, you won a gold medal. So, <laughs> evidence goes to show that might be working. So, yeah, I don't know.
2: I don't. Yeah. Do, Luke, do you wing? Do you wing life? Yeah, I wing life, and um, so far for me, it's had the opposite effect to. Yeah, what I was going to say <laughs> zero success. Um, no, okay. I, I, no, I, I agree though. Like, I think. Oh, do you know what weirdly I was talking to somebody about this the other day? It's really boring content, so I won't drag on for too long. But I was <laughs> great, start. Of, great start, great start, episode <laughs> three, kind, mate. Thank you. <laughs> it's kind of what we were talking about last week. Is like you can sometimes put hours and hours into planning life, and then shit just happens that you never foresee or you never plan to happen, and it just ends up that you go down some kind of path. Like it would almost be an interesting opening question for you, Nick. Like because I I will do a quick kind of introduction in a second but obviously you're a freestyle kayaker professional athlete like one of my first questions to you was going to be how do you get into that kind of sport because is that something that you planned or is that something that just happens is that just winging life
1: uh i i mean i think it's just winging life like yeah i mean i could i could wait for the i don't know if you're recording the whole thing or not and i could just answer it now for you or i can wait till like later but this
0: I guess we've started. This is how we <laughs> start most podcasts with a little, little totally. bit of a... <laughs> oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Well, yeah, cool, cool, cool.
2: Yeah. <laughs> we'll stitch some intro on the front that explains who you are and what you do. So something No like that.
1: worries then. Yeah, the, the gist of it is um, my best friend growing up uh, when I was in you know elementary school, getting in just before high school, uh, we did everything together. We played hockey, we snowboarded, skied, we did all sorts of activities together. And then one summer he was like, hey... Yes. I'm probably not going to be able to get to hang out with you too much this summer. Cause I'm going to go do kayak school at my dad's, uh, rafting company and I'm going to be, yeah, learning to kayak all summer. I was like, Oh, bummer man. Cause like at the time we had done mm-hmm. everything together and then he's like, well, mm. you can come try it with me if you want. I was like, yeah, sure. I'll give it a shot. And at the time I, you know, thought kayaking was what probably most people think of kayaking, these long pointy boats that meander down, you know, A river or floating, you know, through a canal (laughs) or something like that. And that's definitely my kind of
0: kayak, to be honest. I'm a (laughs) more of a meandering kind of guy, to be honest.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But I I show up on day one and I find out that there are these small boats Mm. and there's this whole like freestyle aspect and doing flips and tricks. And it was very exciting for me. And I was like, you know, pretty influential. Or pretty mu- pretty influenced, not influential, sorry, uh, pretty mm-hmm. influenced by like sports like skateboarding and snowboarding and just the whole kind of like extreme uh, sports. And yeah, I mean, instantly I just fell in love with it and pretty much haven't left the seat of my kayak uh, since. So mm. yeah, most I mean, of honestly, the people
0: that you kayak with as well, they're, they're doing those sports as well. They're doing like skateboarding and stuff like that. Uh, is it, it's more of a scene than an actual sport? I mean specif- yes specific. yes
1: and no I don't know if like I mean a lot of people kind of just dabble in in a lot of different things I mean I, don't get me wrong I am no professional skateboarder or snowboarder or anything I like I survived <laughs> my way down the mountain <laughs> on a snowboard and uh and and I've probably like broken my wrist or something like that when I was on skateboarding when I was in high school but the I guess to answer your question I I didn't really necessarily pick kayaking I just was winging life and it kind of just came at me and instantly I fell in love with it. And I guess kind of that's, you know, it's what love is. Sometimes it just hits you in the face like a cold bucket of water or something like that. And that's what kayaking was for me.
0: Oh, it's going to be, it's going to be one of those episodes, Luke. Are you ready to talk about love?
2: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It was kind of like how our relationship started, Travis. You never foresaw me coming into your life and... I hit you in the face like a cold bucket of water. Uh,
0: I definitely didn't pick you. Like,
2: there's definitely <laughs> yeah. that parallel. <one>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. So mm. 13 years old, started kayaking, correct? Yeah. Um, at what point does it become something that you're like... I can do this professionally. Like, I can. Where's the line there between just kind of learning in the summer and then all of a sudden going, I'm going to. Because what were you trying to do? I guess what were you trying to do before? What was the plan before kayaking? No plan, remember? I mean, yeah. No plan. Okay. Yeah. So that makes things
1: easy. Yeah, it's no plan for the most part. I mean, I was 13 years old. No, I mean,. Maybe it's just me, but I imagine most 13-year-old people yeah, that's true. or kids don't sure. really know like their life plan. I certainly I yeah. mean I hadn't even gone to high school yet. I had the ideas, you know, maybe that's I'd crazy. be an engineer or an architect or right, whatever. Okay. But mm. I grew up in a really small town and my whole goal up to that point in life was like, "Oh, I'm going to, you know, make it big and and go live in some city in like a penthouse or something cool like that." Cuz I lived in a small town, like that was like, that's crazy. you know, just the idea. Then I found kayaking and I was able to travel and explore and just essentially go on these rad adventures all over the world. And yeah, quickly yeah. I realized the city life is not what I want. That's like the opposite so of cool. what I want. I want to be out in the wilderness, uh, you know, doing adventures and stuff. And so quickly my my idea of what my future life would look like changed. Changed. Um, yeah, so I, I mean, as far as like, how did I want to become a professional kayaker? I, I, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a professional everything. When I played hockey, I wanted to be a professional hockey player. When I played basketball, I wanted to be a professional basketball player. I would pick up a tennis racket. And I, I remember like talking to my brother, my older brother and be like, I'm going to be a professional tennis player. And he's like, you've never even played tennis before. You don't even know the rules. (laughs) And, and I, I like, I was th- that weird kid, maybe when I was a kid, I would, cr- I would create games in my head so that I could be like a professional at that game type thing. You know what I mean? And so mm-hmm. the idea always existed, like it'd be cool to be a professional athlete, but I imagine most kids, or maybe again, I'm just the weird kid, but have this like dream or desire to be like a professional athlete or something, something. Yeah, a, yeah, professional yeah. something. Do you know what I mean? So it was and just then, for
0: sports. It wasn't, it wasn't like you'd spill some food on the counter and you'd be cleaning up and you'll go, oh, I'm going to be a professional cleaner or <laughs> you're fixing your <laughs> pants. <laughs> professional cleaner, to, maybe not. You're going to be I a mean, tailor.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <Professional> maybe. <thing. laughs> I mean, I kind of, I'm also like this, eternal optimist where i feel like i could do anything so i'm also like and you know if i like you know build something i'm like oh i could totally be like a toy builder or if i cook something i'm like oh i could totally be like a you know a chef or something like that Mm -hmm. so i think it's just this idea that i could do anything and my parents were always very supportive of that where they like you know have you ever heard the story like the the little train that could where it like climbs the mountain I don't know, maybe... The, no, I don't maybe think...
2: No, I've never I've heard of it. Okay,
1: well, the, the gist of it is there's this, like, little train that is, like, trying to chug its way up the, the mountain, and it's like, <laughs> I think I can, I think I can, I think I can type okay. thing, and it yeah, yeah, eventually yeah, yeah, gets yeah, to the top of the mountain. It, I have heard yeah, that. Yeah, and so... I was like taught that as a kid, like you can do anything. And and somehow it actually like stuck in my head where it's like, Oh, I could do anything. Cool. I could be a mm-hmm. professional, whatever I want to be. And so yeah. when I found kayaking and just like fell in love with the adventure part of it, I, I mean, instantly, like a million times before I thought, Oh, I want to be a professional kayaker. And I, just the way the stars aligned, maybe it was because I I had like more of a desire. Maybe it's because there were, um, you know, less athletes and compared to like trying to be an NHL hockey player. I don't Mm. know for whatever happened. uh, It all kind of just, you know, snowballed. And and I was able to fulfill that dream. Uh, Honestly, I guess a big part of it is too probably that I had great mentors, like looking back and thinking back on it. I grew up, along the river of the Ottawa River um, or at least like in a small town, my best friend lived actually on the river but uh, I mm. lived five minutes away and it's essentially like the whistler of kayaking. Like it's like okay. world-renowned, yes. like one of the best spots ever for freestyle kayaking and so through that, there were a lot of you know big names in kayaking that would be there all the time, all summer long and so I would kind of get to rub shoulders or ask questions. Um, some of them like lived in my... Uh, small town. And so they would just help me out every now and then. Like when, when I was mm-hmm. super young, a couple of them would like, you know, throw me a helmet and be like, here, like, here's a new helmet. You need one type thing. Or uh, okay. give me some like advice Good or community. just like, yeah, take me out on the weekend and help me out. And And so through that, I was able to probably learn, you know, learn the ropes a little bit. And then also a big step forward too was, you know, my life, idol at the time especially within the sport of kayaking was was eric jackson and then when i was uh 16 15 something like that he invited me uh with his wife and his family to come travel with him take a semester off school and go travel with him for six months wow. which was incredible i mean that's a whole different story i can't i never what thought my parents so, pardon me
2: what age were you then i was about 15 or 16 Um that must have been so cool leaving was, school for six months at the age of 15 you oh must my have gosh. looked like The big, the big cheese. You
1: uh, you can't even imagine. So like, I remember like the conversation started with, uh, so Eric's wife, Christine had like offered me at this time, they were starting a new kayak company. I was, I joined their kayak company, like as a team member and I had been doing pretty well competitively as a junior went the long story version, I guess, is I went to the national championships to go to the world championships and I was winning, dominating the whole way, went to finals, totally choked and didn't make the team, didn't go to world championships. And I came back with my tail between my legs and oh, okay. Eric and Christine were like, hey, maybe you should like come and, and you know, learn from EJ how to compete we do this like competition tour within the U S and with within Colorado In about June, you should come for like a couple weeks and, and learn how to compete. And I was like, Oh, that's kind of during all my exams of high school. I don't think it's going to happen or it, it wouldn't work out. And then she was like, well, why don't you just take a semester off school? And I remember thinking like, that's such a wild idea. Like, so out there, I'm like, Hoo. How would my parents ever allow me to take a semester off high school? Like that zero, zero yeah. percent chance. Honestly, I, I never in a million years thought that anybody would ever agree or even facilitate this to come into fruition. But I went home and told my mom, I was like, hey, Eric and Christine Jackson offered to, you know, for me to go travel with them and take a semester off school and learn how to compete. And she was like, mm-hmm. oh, that sounds pretty cool. And I was so shocked. <laughs> I like I had to turn around because my jaw was open and I ran up to my room because I didn't want to say anything to like have her, you know, take that back. I was just like, change her mind. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. I, was like, I can't believe she maybe just agreed to that. Um, anyway. And so then I went and traveled with them and learned and, and that was a huge step forward in mentoring me both as, you know, as a competitor, but also just like how the whole sport works and how you can make it work as a, as an athlete. Mm. Cause there isn't like necessarily a ton of money to be made, but EJ Eric um really taught me like well you can piece all these little pieces together to make a pie um and mm-hmm. so that was yeah anyway there was I was just really lucky I guess a lot the the gist of it is that I had some great mentors kind of along the way so yeah I've been kind of rambling on and off with with different stories but no, yeah
0: no, no that's it's cool awesome. it's interesting because uh, from what you've described you were very. Um, like a multi-talented kind of person you liked a bit of everything uh, I don't know maybe you got bored easily as well and you really wanted to try loads of different things but obviously in order to become a gold medalist in a sport like like we've just uh, discussed like you've done um, at what point did you start to focus and ha- and like how did it become it became bigger in your life obviously this kayaking so between the ages of 13 and what 15 it how 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 did you transition into this? I could be a professional and into, oh, I am a professional, I'm going to be a professional. Um, because it's one thing to dream and also be good. It's another thing to say, you're going to give up doing other stuff to focus on this as well. So how did that happen?
1: Yeah, for me, it really wasn't that difficult. Somehow, I don't know if I've just got a very addictive personality or what, but I instantly was like, addicted to kayaking. Like when people say like, you know, I would eat, sleep, dream kayaking. Like that's all I would do. That's all I would. If you were to go back to high school and talk to any of my friends or any of my teachers, they would say like, yeah, this weird kid was like obsessed with kayaking. I'd be in science class and I'd like raise my hand. We'd be talking about, I don't know what we would be talking about. Cause I probably wasn't paying much attention <laughs> and I'd raise my hand and I'd be like, do you think if I made a kayak out of diamonds, I could kayak down a lava waterfall and the science teacher would be like, what are you talking about? And I like, and then like in art class, I would like all my pictures would be like pictures of like kayaking and it like, no matter what class it was, I was referring everything to kayaking. Girls would ask me out like in high school and I'd be like, no, no, I I can't, I can't date you right now because that would take me away from kayaking or I would be so into kayaking that I would just be a bad boyfriend to you. So no, I'm I'm just, I'm not interested right now type thing. And, and it was just sure. like, I was just so obsessed with kayaking that it, it was what I wanted to do. I wasn't yeah. necessarily like thinking in my head, like, Oh, I've got to give up, you know, this to pursue mm-hmm. this. It was like, no, that's what I just was like really, really into and that's all i wanted to do with the idea you know that maybe i don't even know like if i was thinking i'm gonna be a professor i I mean i think i did like i think it was just like i knew that i was going to pursue this until it happened type thing i don't yeah i'm not (laughs) sure
0: that's cool you um you just reminded me of uh we we had a movie to watch in season 2 called Whiplash. I don't know if you've seen it with the with the jazz drummer and that yeah. just reminded me of the scene where he he breaks up with his very new girlfriend because he he sorry I love drums. I love drums yeah. basically. And yeah, yeah. uh yeah, you just rem- so so what were they throwing themselves at you? Were you a bit of a <laughs> of a stutter in, in high school as well. Did you have to bat them off with a paddle or something like this? <laughs>
1: no, it was I mean, I think I only had to turn down a couple of girls in high school. I mean I had like a girlfriend I think in grade nine, like girlfriend, as if like you're doing yeah. anything in grade nine. Maybe we went to the movies like twice or something uh-huh. like that. But um, I didn't even have my license so it wasn't like I was going to pick girls up or anything. So
0: only in a kayak um, obviously. Yeah
1: right? yeah
2: exactly but I can only date uh, you if you live be, by the river be a cool first date. That would be a well, very cool first date if you had a tandem kayak and took a girl out on. So, so ironically, like
1: that. The, the end of the story of like that whole mentorship with Eric Jackson, who was Ooh. like my idol, I went and traveled with him for six months. Uh, within the next six months or a year later, give or take, um, I started dating his daughter, and <laughs> she's also. <laughs> You know, a multi world champion. And we've now been married for like 12 years and we've got two ah. kids. And long story about that, too. But that was like the first time where it was like, oh, maybe I could, you know, kayak every day and date someone this could work Aww. okay yeah well anyway. if they've
2: got the same interest as you then like it's much easier to do that isn't it if she's also on the same kind of level because i'll be honest like i when i um saw this freestyle kayaking, i when i found it, it like through through yourself like through connecting with you online i'd never seen it before um and i co- I got lost in your youtube i think i think there was a video i think it was stakeout big wave surfing or something yep. like that and I was just like, I, I couldn't believe the the control and the mobility that you guys have with the kayaks, the ability to flip them and like, I don't know if it's corking them or flipping them and twisting them on the waves and stuff. Bop it, how, yeah, pull it. Mm. How, <laughs> how, uh, pass it. <laughs> I remember that game as a kid. Um, how, how do you, like? how do you, does it take a long time to get used to, Or how do you train that ability to understand where you are in the air or on the wave? That's what I was gonna say because I was just watching it. Like I, I can't get my head around how you know whereabouts you are because it looks so disorientated when it's happening.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think that just all comes down to you know practice and time, um, you know, in a kayak and and training specifically for that. Like anything, I think it really just comes down to you know hours of practice. And so I. I look at kayaking and I know like, Oh, that looks pretty easy. But then I look at friends that are, you know, doing huge snowboard flips and I'm like, I don't know how they do that. Um, And then I look at, you know, somebody else doing something else. and I'm like, man, I don't know how they do that. It's, it's all comes down to the, you know, whether you call it the 10,000 hours of practice or whatever it is, it's just the time put into that craft and then things, you know, eventually become easy or at least, you know, you've got a greater understanding of how things work. So that's the gist of it is that I've just spent so much time in a freestyle kayak that whether it's aerial awareness or doing the flip or whatever it is, it's just kind of become second nature.
2: And it's all, all the training is done in the kayak. So everything is learned. Like you don't do anything out of water. It's just straight into. <laughs> so
0: first, you sit on a chair
2: in a classroom well, and you do no, this I mean, know. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, no, no, that makes me sound so stupid, but like what I meant was like, don't, don't some sports like maybe snowboarding, for example, don't they kind of like, isn't it gymnasts that get into the sport or don't they train on trampolines or stuff like that before they go onto the big airs? Or have I got that completely wrong as well? No, I I I think,
1: I think you're right that there's definitely some athletes that come from, you know, gymnastics into snowboarding. Some of them just get into snowboarding. Um, and it's kind of the same in kayaking. Like there's no question that I've, I've got a trampoline in my backyard. I have gone on the trampoline to try and practice freestyle kayak tricks. I mean, I've definitely done that. That has had, a bit of an impact for sure, and I mean, I would you know encourage people that want to do aerial awareness or flips or anything like that. Trampoline's a great tool to have, but the vast majority of training was all you know in the kayak in the, in kayak. the river trying it.
2: Yeah, yeah, because they cause that 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 was one thing that blew mm-hmm. my mind. The other thing that really got me is some of the kind of the waterfalls and the that I don't know if it's the descents or the drops that you've done. Um, when you're doing something like that, question A. What was do you is there a certain element of going down and checking the landing and stuff like that before you go off something like that and then like section B how like the question B how do you get yourself in the mindset to to go off something like that because that must be there must be I don't know there must be a certain level of when you're strapped into that thing and you're heading towards it there's a certain level of commitment that you can't back out I guess at that point that commitment's called the running water
0: mainly
1: (laughs) yeah yeah no it's (laughs) A hundred percent. And so I it, you've got two questions there. One, ca- um, yes, we do try to check the depth and it's not very scientific. I mean, <laughs> usually ha- how we do it is we throw a log in upstream, it floats over the waterfall if it comes up all broken, it means it hits something pretty shallow. If it if it pops up normal, then you're like, oh, it's probably pretty deep. Okay, it's good to go. We're super scientific and and you know, like a lot of a lot of deep research goes into that. Yeah, but I can we tell also, you paid
0: attention in physics at school now.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um there's also like That's just cool. years of experience. You can tell like what the water's doing when it's bubbling up and how it's doing things. You after seeing a lot of different waterfalls and, and different things like that, you kind of have an idea that way too. And then if we can, we'll try to get to the base of the waterfall and check it, like probe it with your paddle and see if, like if you can touch bottom, it's probably a no-go. If you <laughs> okay, can't, okay. Mm, it might be worth it. Let's let's give it a shot. And so that's like the first part. And then the second part you were asking about like the the mentality. Yeah, yeah. Um, and <clears throat> yeah, I mean, there's no question that, That's a big part of running waterfalls. And and I think it honestly is a big part of a lot of different aspects of life, or at least I, you know, extrapolate that into a lot of different um, aspects of life. And for me, I call it like battling the demons of the mind where, you know, I've got fear and negativity in, in my mind that will like pop up and be like, oh, maybe you shouldn't do this, you know, like and then it'll like fast forward and like run through all these like worst case scenarios in my in my head and i've got to like try to like wipe that clean and be like no no i see my line i know what i can do i trust my ability and my you know decades of of training and and ability to hit that line and if i mm. if i feel confident that i can do it and like and i'm talking like extremely confident that i'm going to make yeah. that line then i'll go for it and i'll I'll run the waterfall if i start feeling that doubt and then, really, like the doubt kind of takes over, and I'm like, man, I don't know. It's it's a roll of the dice. Yeah. I now just know that I'm gonna walk it and just like walk away and be like, today is not the day. I'm just not feeling it today mm. because I've had the experiences where I didn't trust that gut instinct, and you know, mm-hmm. things went wrong or whatever. And so, um, I've learned to one trust my my gut instinct. Two, try to like battle these you know demons of the mind and and kind of have a clear mind beforehand. And this all happens like before I get in my boat or before I've peeled out of the current, once I'm in the current and you're going mm. downstream, the beauty of kayaking is that it forces you into these quick decision-making scenarios where once you're in the current, there literally is no going back. You, you I mean, you can't fight the current, right? Mm. So, so once that's, you're in it, yeah, you're in thinking. it. And so you've got to commit. once you've made that decision and you've committed, the demons, the doubt, everything disappears, and now you're just reacting um because the water kind of it just you might have a plan, you might have a line and and stuff like that, but the river will do whatever it wants and and you know a curler might come out of nowhere, a wave might splash differently than the way that you had thought or or predicted maybe something would happen, and so you're literally just reacting at that point but but yeah, once you're in the flow, you i mean i don't know for for me anyway i kayaking really helps me get into that flow state um and it's just this beauty where it forces you into these quick decision making uh scenarios Mm -hmm. and and i love it so yeah that's there's i mean there's a lot of different aspects to that i guess but but yeah that's kind of how it works in my mind
3: yeah yeah
0: but you said you said you've been you've been um in those situations where you haven't listen to those voices and you have what you haven't walked away like you probably should have now i know luke's Luke's curious about this because you mentioned Mm. that you you sustained an injury of some uh, I think it was in your podcast.
2: I've been listening. We'll talk about your podcast in more detail recently, but I've probably been through 12 or 13 episodes in the last week. Um, so binging through it. And I think you said you had a near death experience at one point and you, then you, that's all you said and you carried on and I was left like, Oh my God, I want to know what happened. So like I made a mental (coughs) note to ask what was your near death experience? Um,
1: yeah, I mean, honestly, I've probably had i I've had a couple maybe, but, um, I try not to like dive too deep into them all the time because, especially on my podcast, because for me, sometimes people hear the scary stuff and they, you know, cling on to that. Where Mm. kayaking as a whole, for the most part of it, is like a really safe and fun sport. And so when people talk about like, oh, I had this near death experience kayaking, then a lot of people are like, oh, I don't want to try kayaking. Where it's like, well, we're talking about like (laughs) way, way, way in like the, Farthest out, elite like versions of kayaking. That's where this like near death stuff happens. If you just yeah. like, you know, want to go run some easy rivers or learn to kayak or even like kayak on like just a canal, you know that near death stuff isn't happening there. But anyway, mm-hmm. the, um, well,
0: what, what we'll do is we'll say to our listeners if you if you if you're thinking about getting into kayaking, what we'll do, Nick's going to tell a scary story now, so you can switch off, and then we're going <laughs> to we're going to have some happy stories afterwards, gonna, and uh, and you back. can tune back in for those. Um yeah. but like Nick said uh, these only happen for the uh, the elite and you're never going to be that good. So Nick, <laughs> on to you.
1: <laughs> I don't know if maybe I was explaining that properly but but okay. Um but yeah the I mean one of the the scariest scenarios that I that I've been in um I was super young I had just turned 18 I went down to Mexico to go on a, a an expedition with some friends and was still pretty inexperienced in the expedition creaking waterfall world because I came from the Ottawa River up in Canada, which was mainly freestyle based. Mm-hmm. Now I'm down in Mexico running class five and waterfalls, and I definitely had some skills, but I was still you know pretty greenhorn at it. And so, mm-hmm. luckily, I had some great mentors on that trip. Uh, ben Stokesberry is like he was the one kind of leading the trip and one of the most experienced expedition paddlers in the sport in my mind anyway i got to learn a lot from him but at Mm -hmm. the time i was just in this mentality that one if anybody had run the rapid before i was gonna run it stupid you know rule number one Mm -hmm. and then two (laughs) i would run a lot of things that people hadn't run just because i i didn't fully understand all the consequences and I was like yeah sure I'll run it I'll go for it and so I was just okay. taking on risk that was partially unknown and and also at the same point mm-hmm. I had never truly experienced fear in in I guess a real life scenario in the sense where I had never been in a life threatening scenario so you know it's a lot easier to go into a situation when you've never experienced it yourself. <clears throat> um, and so I was also super sick from the from the river, one of the rivers that we were on. And I was like up in the woods or in the jungle, you know, throwing up a ton. And while we were supposed to be scouting this rapid and so scouting this waterfall, checking out this, checking out the line, checking out mm-hmm. the the risk checking out like what could possibly go wrong, all that stuff that you're supposed to be doing. I was mm-hmm. over in the jungle throwing up, not doing any of it. <laughs> and then I come back to my kayak and I ask my buddy Rafa, uh, who's also getting in his boat to run it. And, and I was like, Hey bud, what's the line? And he's like, yeah, kind of down the middle. It's about 30 feet. Just boof it. You're good to go. And so I'm like, cool. Z- like that, what could go wrong is kind of <laughs> running, running through my head. Right. Yeah. Um, I knew that there was like a little bit of a cave on the right, but I thought we were, you know, it was going to be all fine and dandy. Long story short, I I come off the waterfall on impact. I get my paddle ripped out of my hand. I try to hand roll, but I'm having difficulty hand rolling. And I pull my skirt and eject out of my boat. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I get out of my boat, like... I kind of feel like I'm getting sucked out of my boat. It had been a long time since I swam out of my boat. So it, it, the whole experience was just kind of like a little weird. And I popped up and my face is like at the wall or the ceiling of a of another cave on the left-hand side. And I'm about to get sucked into this cave no. um, and probably not come out. And, and miraculously, like right as I pop up, the ceiling's right there. I'm able to grab two finger holds on each hand and then just like hold myself there for a second and be like, okay, well, this is not good. Um, and kind of miraculously, or maybe it's that flow state of, of like the the subconscious kicked in. I don't know exactly at all, but I was able to say stu- super calm and be like, well, this is bad. This is not good at all. Um, the cave was super overhung and and I was pretty deep in there that nobody was able to help me. Um, so they sorry, get... you
2: were in the cave at this point. You yeah, were I was in... in
1: the back of the cave, like okay. pretty much like the worst spot, like the last spot before it's, you know, it's all gone. And, um, anyway, and, and I, you know, after, I don't know how many seconds it was or whether it was a minute or what, I, I came to the conclusion that nobody is coming to help me. I've got to figure out how to get out of this on my own. And so I would scout the rock and be like, okay, if I like, push off from here and the current's going to suck me back in. I could like dive and do like a dynamo to some other rock hold over there and then hold that for a second and then just figure out. And eventually I was able to kind of like Spider-Man crawl my way out of the cave and everything was all good. And then I like crawl up on shore and I just got hit with just a wave of emotion. Like I had never hit before. And I just like literally burst out bawling and realized like how close you know it really wow. was for me um but yeah i mean i've I kayaked a lot and and that was like one of the few times that like things got you know pretty dicey so kayaking's not all like scary it's it's actually <laughs> guys it's really fun. good
0: it's really good yeah, you yeah, should please, try please. it please <laughs> yeah.
1: check it out honestly yeah anyway so
2: But it's those like, it's, it's when you're pushing yourself to your limits in situations like that, when you have the best experiences, right. And those extreme sports, it's, it's always the way, whether it's kayaking, (coughs) snowboarding, I imagine like the culture is you want to one up and do something somebody else hasn't done, you know, do one more flip or go from a bigger waterfall. And that's the nature of that type of sport, I guess. Um,
1: I would say yes and no. In, in, in all honesty, I made some crucial mistakes I Mm -hmm. was not, I was inexperienced and I didn't really scout the rapid properly Mm. and I was sick and I was taking, you know, verbal beta on what the line was. Okay. So there was that whole aspect of just like not really knowing what I'm getting into. Um, and then on top of that, afterwards realizing like, I've heard this line many times, throughout my life and throughout kayaking where where people, like, if someone was to pass away or if someone, you know, was in a risky scenario, people will say, and, and I've heard this, you know, outside of kayaking too, where people mm-hmm. will say like, well, at least, you know, he died doing what he loved. You know, honestly, yeah. I'm sure there's some validity to that, but I've come to the conclusion, like, I would rather give up kayaking for the rest of my life if mm-hmm. it meant not dying. Do you know what I mean? Like, like yeah yeah. It, it's so...
0: The phrase that, that... the phrase that we get uh, throughout like the rock climbing uh, community that my friends and I were discussing a while was um just the phrase you either go home or you don't go home at all and right. you have to you have to actively make that decision to to give up <laughs> otherwise you'll just keep going for the next thing and the next thing and eventually statistically um something's going to happen because the risk right. increases quicker than the throw I- I- in a way which is which is Scary, as you just said. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that's like I, I'm a big proponent of like the flow state, which I had mentioned earlier and stuff like that. And if you like research into it, there's kind of like what they call like the, the dark side of flow. And that that is exactly what you're talking about, where you get addicted to this, you know, this thrill, this flow state, mm. this like uh euphorism, whatever. I'm not sure if that's a word, but whatever. Um <laughs> and, and should be uh, yeah. And, but to do that, you have to like keep upping the ante, upping the level. And eventually there might be, you know, if your skill isn't increasing at the same rapid, you know, exponential rate, something is going to happen. Mm. Um, And so, yeah, I don't know, to, to each their own, I guess. Mm-hmm. I felt lucky to have experienced a near death experience at the young age that I was and walk away to learn the lesson. Mm-hmm. Okay. One things can go wrong. I should prepare better. I, th- that was all mm-hmm. on me. And two, maybe I've got to be a little bit, you know, more careful on what I am risking because as much as I love kayaking and I want to keep pushing myself, like, don't get me wrong. It's not like I just like walked away and stopped pushing myself. I, Mm-hmm. I still love running waterfalls. I still, you know, love running hard, you know, rivers, class five, all that kind of stuff. But I've realized that there's so much more to life too. Like there's, you know, I love You've doing got other things now too as well. Yeah, well, You've got I've got family, got a family.
2: And kids, and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, I do have
1: a family so and that's kids, and uh,
2: something else outside of kayaking. A hundred percent. I would, I would feel extremely
1: selfish at this point in my life to risk my life or to like to risk my life is one thing, but to risk my life in a way that like, if I was to not come home one day, Mm. that would, that would be a really selfish move on my part to have been like chasing the thrill in exchange for my kids, not having a father. Yeah. That doesn't, they don't, Mm. you know, equate in my mind. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it was easier for sure before having kids where like it was just me where I'm like, okay, I'm just chasing the thrill, whatever. Um, now there's just there's more to the equation, but at the same point all it really means is that I have to be more calculated on my um decision making and my mm-hmm. calculations before I take on that risk. I want to feel like I'm like 98, 99, maybe even 100% positive. You're never really 100% positive cuz things can always sure. go wrong, but I want to be in that like 98, 99% certain that I'm mm-hmm. going to have a good line when I, when I take on something, or at least if I'm not, maybe it's in the 95. whatever it is, I want a high <laughs> percentage that like, yeah, sure. I'm going to hit my line before I'm taking on like massive risk.
2: Mm. It's interesting that you've brought, brought a positive out of your situation, you know, that was a huge negative to actually learn the lessons of like, okay, how can I improve my risk assessing and how can I make sure that I don't get in that situation again so there is a kind of bit of a silver lining to a certain extent i guess from going through that um you've mentioned i just wanted to ask you something about flow state because i've read a few things about flow state you've obviously mentioned it a couple of times when you find yourself getting into a flow state do you have a routine or do you have a way to try and put yourself into a flow state or do you find that it's something that just kind of happens for you? It,
1: it depends on what um scale i mean for me anyway, from my personal experiences, there's kind of like, you know, a varied level of scale of flow. And so if I'm in like a competition or something like that, it might be more of like a clutch state where it's like a performance thing. Whereas a flow state for me is more when, you know, things get really risky when there's consequence on the line and, essentially you know something could be life or death or just like you know risky we'll say that the mm-hmm. subconscious part of the mind will take over and say okay this is too risky <laughs> you're not smart enough you're not capable enough we're <laughs> now taking over and yeah. almost like and then it like switches and you're just better you have better like capabilities better all this stuff you just better performance and then, but like at the same point, because the subconscious like takes over, you kind of like black out. Like, I remember having like a couple times where this has happened to me and like watching the video and be like, man, I nailed that. Like, that was really good, like, better than <laughs> yeah. my, I usually am type thing. But I can't remember any of it. Like, I've blacked out through the whole thing. And, and you hear like that saying of like when people do things or whatever, and it's they're like, well, I, I blacked out what it's happened. Yeah. Like whatever it is. And I don't know if it's all muscle memory, how you, I mean, we could go deep into that whole debate of of like, you know, the subconscious and the mind and all that stuff. But long story short, yeah, that's, that's kind of the gist of it. I don't know if I answered your question correctly at all,
2: but yeah. No, no, it's just because I, I I was reading um, just, I guess, for listeners that don't know what flow state is, that it's meant to be like an optimal state of concentration and co- like uh, focus when you're in this like flow. And there's different, I've read a few different things. Some people say that, like you say, it's situational where you like put yourself in a situation that might be something that's risky or might be something where um, Well, yeah, like you said, the the consequences are high and and, and your subconscious takes over. But then there are other people that say they might do like, I don't know, meditation or they might have, you know, like how have you ever watched Rafa Nadal play tennis? And he always has that little like routine where he pulls his shorts and then moves his top and stuff like that. Certain people have those little rituals to get into a flow state. But it sounds like from yourself, you just find... That it happens due to the nature of you, your consciousness saying, okay, this is a risky situation, so we need to be on top of our game. Um, rather than say, like a meditation thing.
1: Yeah, and and that's kind of like, and I've had the other version too, where it's more like within freestyle kayaking or competing or something like that. Mm. But it's to me that's a different state. And that's where I was kind of saying there's like a varied level of scale of like where you're on the flow state. And and the other part too is that it's all personal, um, I don't know, experience. Right. So we would all maybe experience things differently, but for me having had that kind of like, you know, quote unquote flow state in competition, it's very different than having that quote unquote flow state in a life threatening scenario or in a risky Mm -hmm. scenario. And so they're, they're just two different experiences. One is like a peak performance and the other is like a subconscious takeover. I, I don't know if that explains it properly or what there's a great book called um the rise of superman
3: i highly if if anybody's into flow
1: state i highly encourage reading it and it's all about how there a lot of the research on flow state has to do with extreme sports athletes because you're way more likely to experience flow in those quote-unquote extreme scenarios Anyway, we could, you know, go off on a whole tangent on flow state, but, but if anybody's interested, check out the book, um, the rise of Superman, it's, it's a great read.
0: Yeah. Well, we're we're all about recommendations and trying out new things. Uh, as, as, as we've explained, I think, and maybe a couple of times on this podcast. So yeah. Rise (laughs) of Superman sounds like a good, uh, recommendation. (laughs) Yeah. Stick it on the list, Luke, and we'll, we'll get around to it. So yeah, this is, it's, it's, this is crazy. Like just to listen to like your thought process when approaching all of these things. Do you, do you find that when you the thought process that you have when approaching, say getting in the water and getting into the current for the kayak, do you kind of have a similar process? Have you taken that for like other aspects of your life as well? Is it, is it something, has it helped you in your everyday life in that way?
1: Uh, again, I would say it kind of comes back to this like obsession that I have where I, um, I experience everything in everyday life and, and regularly compare that back to like kayaking or the kayak world or the river. And, and so that my whole life would be experienced that way where I'm like Mm -hmm. constantly comparing things. And so, yes, the, the, the short version is yes, I, I do have that translate into my life. And I do think that because of my time kayaking and the fact that the way that I, you know, run rapids and all that stuff, it it forces these quick decision-making capabilities and skills. And the fact that maybe I'm more ready to take on risk. um, I find that that translates into other things in life. For Mm. instance, like, you know, okay, this, this year I decided to, to, kind of try out some real estate and to get into investing in real estate. Uh, okay, and a lot of people might think of like, okay, well that could be risky and I don't want to do that. Or I've got to research a ton. And and I did research a ton and all that kind of stuff. But in my mind, I'm thinking like, okay, what are the consequences? How can I mitigate risk and how can I take action and just dive in, you know, and just go for it. And mm-hmm. so for me, it was like, okay, th- and we don't need to go deep into real estate or whatever, but it was like, maybe I can find a market that, you know, cash flows, I can um, find a property that's, that's fairly, you know, cheap that I'm not going to lose too much Mm -hmm. if I was to lose it all. And then, um, you know, like just essentially trying to mitigate all the risk while taking as much action as I can at the same time. And, and so, yeah, Mm -hmm. it just, I, I regularly think of like different aspects of life of like how I would, do that kayaking or or skills that I've learned from kayaking and try to translate that into other things in life for sure. I mean, I also do it with parenting and I mean, all sorts of different things for sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The, so your, your kids are like little kayaks going along next to your <laughs> kayak in <laughs> life. Was, was, they, was starting a family. Like, was that getting into the water? Or was that like a waterfall <laughs> or so, yeah. well,
1: no, my, my analogy for that was <laughs> oh, um, cause I have analogies for everything was that it was It was like dropping into a class five canyon (laughs) that is, that's unrunnable or unscoutable. Like you have zero beta. You have no idea other than it's probably going to be the hardest thing that you've ever kayaked in your life. The only beta that you have is that it's been run many times successfully before. Like that's it. That's all you know is that like it can be done. Mm -hmm. Here you go. Go for it. But you can't scout it. You just have to react. You just have to go and figure it out. And so, I mean, that's the best way I can explain parenting.
0: The, the can the canyon of parenting. Yeah, <laughs> a, that yeah. could be a nice book.
2: The yeah. uh, you probably answered this question before, but I'm guessing that, um, uh, and you're probably sick of it this year. Has 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 COVID put a stop on the sport this year?
1: Has I mean, been yes happening? and yes and no for sure. There, uh, all the events pretty much were canceled. Actually, mm. that's not true. There, there were two events one the last uh week of october and and another one the first or second week second week of november uh there were two so races recently. here in the southeast uh yeah very mm. recently but yeah, other yeah. than that i mean everything was canceled and even the events that did happen they had different you know uh restrictions and and uh, people were wearing masks and they they told you know spectators not to hike in Um, and check it out or, and different things like that. But for sure, it's definitely impacted the sport as far as competition goes. Mm -hmm. We also live where I live here in Tennessee. We're pretty much like two miles away from this, um, from a river and, and a state park. And so we get to kayak here often. Mm -hmm. Um, also at one point, like at the peak of the, um, lockdown, the the state parks were all closed and everything like that. So we weren't even able to kayak, you know, like in our backyard, but that only lasted a couple of weeks. Then everything kind of opened back up and we're able to kayak here just at a, you know, do it safely. We, Mm -hmm. we shuttle ourselves. uh, We wear masks, all that kind of different, different things like that. Still trying to, you know, you know, socially distant from other people and and stuff like that. But at the same point, I feel like being out in nature, being out on the river um, it's, you know, it's as wide open as it gets, right? Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's a pretty nice. If
0: anyone
2: gets close, you've got a paddle anyway. So. Yeah,
1: exactly. You can just like <laughs> paddle jab of Good, good thinking. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs>
2: yeah Yeah, because i was watching again it came from watching your um i guess your like video blogs and stuff i think there was one year i'm not going to be able to remember but you've been to like 12 different countries kayaking in that same year like you'd ended up on 24 podiums or something and i was just like man that that must have taken a real hit this year due to covid because obviously you just can't go anywhere so like it kind of shuts the whole thing down um do you think it will open up again next year will you be back in back in the water next year
1: I mean, I'll Mm -hmm. definitely be back in the water. There's no question about that. I'm still in the water. Like I haven't, I mean, other than those two weeks where the state park was closed, I mean, I still have kayaked every week, a lot of the days this year, for sure. I've just been doing it a lot more centrally focused around our house. Usually we're on the road traveling around six to 10 months out of the year. We've got a truck and a trailer. We just kind of hit the road.
3: Yeah,
1: life's pretty good for sure. Uh, I can't complain, (laughs) but We travel around and compete and just, uh, and also coach and teach and yeah, do all sorts of different things. But, um, the traveling aspect has, has definitely taken a hit. And as far as what'll happen next year, it's a little bit of the like million dollar question. I feel optimistic again, going back to the fact that I'm like this eternal optimist or Mm. optimist, um, that, that things will open up and things will happen that it'll just happen differently. Mm -hmm. But I mean, you never know, maybe, maybe there's a second way, who knows, who knows what will happen. I I couldn't predict it. And I think that there's enough uncertainty out there that people that say that they know the answer, I wouldn't listen. I would, I mean, I don't think anybody (laughs) has, has (laughs) the answers of what's about to happen, the golden or that the crystal ball, but um, But at some point, I feel like we will have to just figure out how to live life, how to adapt, and mm-hmm. what, especially you know, within sports, within events, how that looks and what the adaptation is. I mm-hmm. don't know if it'll turn into more media based and less spectator based, which already kind of you know, as far as freestyle kayaking and, and just kayaking in general, we're out in the middle of nowhere for a lot of these places Mm -hmm. on rivers, they Mm -hmm. aren't usually like super spectator friendly to begin with. So maybe everything just turns into media. And like even one of the events that we just did um, the green river race, the last event of the year that, that happened, they for the first time ever did online live um, video live streaming of the whole event. And so Mm -hmm. uh, maybe that will become more of a thing moving into the future just like what we've seen, how a lot of different markets and a lot of different aspects of life have evolved yeah. and adapted and overcome with the whole COVID. I think that will continue to happen in, in more aspects, including kayaking, including events. And I mean, events beyond kayaking. I'm like talking snowboarding <coughs> and mm-hmm. Olympics, like all this stuff. Like who knows exactly what it's going to look like, but yeah. people will figure out a way.
2: Yeah. But they had, um, I think I watched that video with the Green River one. They had spectators at that. There was, I think there was quite a lot of people at that one if it's the right video that i'm thinking of
1: okay so usually there's a lot of spectators this year it was definitely toned down a fair amount i i don't know exactly how many people were there but i would say i'm just taking a wild guess that there was maybe a tenth of what there usually is so i mean there were still people there for sure yeah and people were wearing masks and and that kind of thing um but that the spectators had drastically dropped and they were encouraging people. Like a lot of the spectators too were like, you know, parents of some of the junior kids or, or like wives coming in. Like, I mean, long story short, people were coming in, there's no question, but they were encouraging people to spectate via the online uh, streaming so and, and different things like enough. that to to try to keep more of the social distance. And so I, I'm not sure if that will be the future of events or or what, but time no. will tell.
2: I think, I think it was because the video I, th- I saw, I think it was 2019. So it wouldn't have been right. this year. It would have been last year's one that I saw. Yeah. So that's why there was it was kind of like full of spectators and stuff. But it looked like an awesome event to be at. Um, yeah, it's,
1: it's a fun one for sure. Yeah, for sure.
2: But let's talk about some of your other stuff because, I mean, obviously, kayaking, big part of what you do. Entrepreneur is another part of what you do. Family man and podcast as well podcast host, which i mentioned so it's the podcast is called the art of, the art of awesome um yeah. and as i understand it it's like a podcast that one thing that does come out in it is your optimism like you said because the whole podcast is about kind of optimism it's about self-improvement you've got some awesome interviews on there um but do you want to kind of give us a rundown from your perspective of like what it is that you're trying to achieve with the art of awesome yeah
1: and so for cool. me, the art of awesome it originated with this idea of uh, I like to give back and and in the past, I have given back more on a financial scale where like one year, I donated all of my prize money um to various different organizations and i've and I've done different things like that and and after having kids, I came to the conclusion like, okay, maybe I can't be donating you know financially all the time like. Mm-hmm. I've got to also, you know, feed my kids and, and all this other stuff. And, and so I was trying to figure out how can I give back in a way that maybe isn't on a financial basis. And so the idea came that I could maybe, you know, help, you know, share information, share knowledge, and, and not that I'm super knowledgeable or, or informed, but that I could bring people on that maybe would be or that, that are. And so mm. that's kind of like the gist of where the idea came from and i guess how it has evolved into what it is it's what i call like the search for success or or the journey for you know that secret sauce to success in whatever it is that you're trying to take on because i find like how i transfer everything in my life into a kayak analogy i think you can do that in so many different ways i i imagine mm-hmm. that a marathon runner might you know transfer aspects of their life into running a marathon or different things like that. Or maybe as a, as a rock climber, you might experience life and that might transfer into like rock climbing analogies in, in your own experience. So I try to bring on people from all different aspects, a lot of athletes uh, that are, that are friends of mine, professional athletes, Mm -hmm. Olympians, all sorts of different stuff. I bring on entrepreneur, businessmen. We've had uh, a NASA scientist, Um, and I mean, we just like different people that have been successful in their own fields. And Mm -hmm. I kind of just try to dive deep into what has helped them become successful. What are the lessons that they've learned along the way and Mm -hmm. essentially just try to, you know, create something of value that I can share with other people that might help them learn those lessons without having to experience them themselves. Mm -hmm. And again, I, I kind of, I don't know if it was because I didn't go to college or what, but I have been, um, an avid learner, I'd say where I want to learn information. I want to read books and learn as much as I can without having to make the mistakes myself. And I regularly do. Mm -hmm. And, And so I would like to share that with people and, and like, you know, try to help people that say like, Hey, I've already made the mistake. Maybe you don't have to, if you listen and heed the advice and, and vice versa that maybe I can bring on, you know, successful people in their own right and ask them, what are some of the mistakes that you made to get to where you're at? So maybe I don't have to make those mistakes when I go forward. Um, and then just kind of share that with whoever wants to listen. So yeah, Mm. that's, I mean, that's the long version. I don't know, again, rambling on or not, but uh, that's kind of the gist of it.
2: I definitely recommend it. Like I say, I'm I'm going to carry on listening. Um, I, I only managed to get through, as I said, probably about 12. But um, one thing I did like, which I thought was an interesting take, was that you have like these m- little mini episodes. So like you have some really cool interviews in there, which are like long form, hour, hour and a half interviews. Um, uh, but you also then kind of, I don't know if they are lessons from the long forms but you have little snippets where you do like a 10 minute conversation it's just you and like those episodes are really cool to digest and just take a message away like really quickly because i think a lot of podcasts is long form that today you know like you look at joe i mean joe rogan's obviously probably leading the charge and has an hour and a half three hour interviews and uh, you have to invest time to get the message but i think what's quite cool about your ones is you have the long form and then it's like bang here's a 10 minute episode on I think one that got me was, and you might have to correct me because I might be wrong, but I think you did one on uh, fear versus danger that yep. really hit me because I was like, that's a really interesting perspective on what the differences are between fear and danger and how you differentiate and how you assess each differently. <laughs> um, and that's that hits you in 10 minutes. It's easy to digest and then you can move on and listen to something else. I, I think that's a really cool way to do it.
1: Well, thanks. Yeah. So the, the gist of it is we, we kind of switch out every Monday. We do longer format interviews with, with these people that are, you know, successful in their own right. And then every Friday, we do what I call like short form. Um, I call them Friday fire, but it, it's essentially either like a tip of the day or a lesson mm. learned or just a thought of the day. And it's that short form, you know, could be five minutes, could be 15, but that's kind of like the max range. Uh, something that's a, a, that's cool. a short, you know, digestible piece of, you know, content that you can consume quickly, but that might be some like lessons learned or a little, you know, nugget of gold in there. Whereas the longer format interviews are anywhere from like 45 minutes to like an hour and a half. And mm-hmm. that's kind of definitely more of like a deep dive into that individual person. But yeah, thanks. I'm I'm glad that you enjoy the, the two different yeah, styles yeah. and uh, it's kind of meant for, the fact that different people consume content differently, and so mm-hmm. I've had a lot of people that are like just really into the interviews, and then I've had other people that are just really into the the short form pieces. So that's kind of why I created it was having something for for essentially that more people would enjoy. Whether mm. I can say something for everyone, I don't know, um, mm-hmm. but it's it's kind of closer for that anyway.
0: Yeah, yeah. The smaller yeah, the smaller could could- ones require. Quite a bit of skill to put together to get that content concentrated down into five to 10 minutes. I mean, like, we uh, can't take a thought awful. and do it for yeah. five to 15 <laughs> minutes. Like, we have one thought and we end up rambling on for a, an hour. And so, yeah, oh. we've had to train ourselves to actually, uh, uh, structure our podcast as well. But well, that's, uh, that's cool. And it's really nice that you've got such, um, like you say, I, yeah, there's something for everyone in, in that sense, whatever your attention span is as well. It works for me. The
2: short form works for me because my
0: attention span is very short. It's the nugget that gets you hooked, Luke. You, you, You go for 10 minutes and you're like, oh, okay. And then you end up listening to a couple of others.
2: Yeah, but yeah. it is because like, if, if you look at our podcast, they last quite a while. So like for somebody to, to invest straight away when they don't know us, it's like they've got, it's a big commitment, right? Like two, like, as you said, two guys with short attention spans talking a load of waffle. It's a big commitment for somebody to listen to that for an hour <laughs> and a half. Um, so that I think like what Nick's done, which is cool is these little snippets. You can go, okay, I can get a feel for what this podcast is about by listening to two or three short ones. And then you, then you get stuck into some of the longer interviews as well. Um, but it's a way to kind of taste, get, get a feel for what the podcast is about without sitting there for for three hours. If that yeah,
1: makes sense. Yeah. And, and, and I also try like another kind of going back to like the main focus and goal of the podcast was really just Mm. it was it's something that I can I want to try to provide value for people and and kind of share um, knowledge information whatever you want to call it and so those shorter formats are also just like a a distilled version of like a thought or an idea that like what you're saying taking a whole idea or a whole concept or a whole something that we might take an hour and a half to talk about it distill it into like a five minute um, Mm -hmm. you know bite-sized piece that you can listen to quickly and then be like, cool, I got that. Maybe I'm going to try to implement that today. Um, so that's kind of the gist of, of that version mm. of the podcast.
2: What's the, uh, what's the long-term goal? Do you have a long-term goal with it? Or you just, I guess you might say you're just winging it. Um, it's,
1: <laughs> I mean, I yeah, like what we're saying. I, I'm kind of just winging it, but I mean, nice. that's, that's pretty standard protocol for my entire life. Uh, mm. is even like. I'm winging every aspect of life, parenting, you know, athletics, <laughs> business, like, w- whatever it is, I'm kind of just like, I'll figure this out. I got this. Um, and it kind of goes back to that you know, optimism. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I'm kind of winging it. We'll see, we'll see where the podcast goes for sure, but I'm having a lot of fun doing it right now. And, and again, when I started it, my goal was if I could help one person, if one person hmm. got value out of it, it was worth my time to help share that. And I've had that, you know, several people, you know, whether it's a hundred already or what, but people have messaged me on Instagram, DM, whatever, sending an email Mm. saying, thanks so much for putting this out. I got a ton of value out of this today. I just wanted to say thank you. And so every time I get that, you know, that goes into like the, the mental, you know, bank of like, cool, I'm, I'm helping out one person at a time. And so then I just kind of keep pushing forward and we'll see where it all ends up.
0: It's kind of like us, but instead of uh, actual constructive things for life, we're just doing it for giggles and laughs. So if if one person giggles, then we're happy. Well, that's
1: perfect. I mean, (laughs) giggles and laughs um, are very valuable, especially, I don't know, I think we live in a time that that people can get overwhelmed and anxious in a lot of different ways. And so having something to giggle and laugh about, uh, I think is extremely valuable, especially in the world that we live in. So I think you guys are doing pretty good
0: yeah ah. thanks man yeah so for everyone Thank who's you. listening you should check out uh check out the uh, nick, uh nick's podcast um the art of awesome
2: yeah the art of awesome i'll make sure that we uh kind of promote it on the socials as well this week it's definitely worth a go um what would you what would you direct people to nick is there one episode that you'd say go and check out like do you have a favorite
1: Oh gosh, uh, it depends on what, what you're interested in. If you're wanting one of those, uh, short, short form pieces, you know, bite size, you know, maybe the fear versus, versus danger is a great one. Um, Mm -hmm. I've talked about, you know, goal setting and, and different things like that, taking action, um, Uh, Baby Steps was another good one. Baby
2: Steps was, yeah, yeah, that is a good one. I was going to Um,
1: and then if you're into the long format interviews and you want to kind of like learn about people and, and just, you know, hear more about the interview style. Um, I don't know. I've done, I've done some great ones. And I mean, in the sense that I got to interview great people and, and individuals. And so.
2: You were I, great I, too, I, Nick. Come on, <laughs> I, give yourself some credit.
1: I've personally enjoyed them all, so so I don't know. I would just say dive in, pick one, and honestly, I would very much appreciate uh, if any of your listeners go over, check out the podcast. Please send me a DM on Instagram. Just hit me up at Nick Troutman Kayak and let me know what you guys think, or or just you know write a review on the podcast, something like that, because that's how I can try to make it better. And and my again coming back to the idea that. My whole purpose is really just to provide value and and help share. If someone is Mm -hmm. like, hey, dude, you got to stop doing this, or we want to hear more of this, or I'd love to learn about that. I'd love to help out and and try to, you know, um, share and and encourage you guys to give me the information that you guys want to learn about. And I'll try my best to help facilitate that.
0: Nice. And if any of our fans want want to message us, then you can do. We'll we'll just ignore it, though. (laughs) but, but. <laughs> the, the stuff that
2: we get is worth ignoring usually yeah right? to From be the fair stuff that we get but talking about adding value nick that gives me a nice segue because i said to you when we were kind of chatting online i kind of spoke to you about this uh challenge thing that travis and i've been doing mm-hmm. um the first i don't know regrettably i'm, I'm Regrettably, regrettably do yeah, <laughs> yeah. Travis's idea was like let's do these challenges let's get people to set as a two-week task and we'll try new things out and the first thing we got I don't know if you've ever tried it yourself um was the <sighs> carnivore diet have you ever given the carnivore diet a go
1: I have not I am currently um transitioning out of a vegan diet and so okay. nice. um I have long story short, I've had some different, um, gut issues throughout the last couple of years. It went on a vegan diet and I'm trying to figure out a balance of kind of like how to maybe be a Mm -hmm. little bit looser on the diet only in the sense that I feel bad when I travel or when people cook for me or different things like that. Anyway, maybe I'll stay vegan, whatever. Long story short, I haven't tried the carnivore diet. Um, (laughs) and that would be a pretty big step in like, you know, a 180 direction of of the current diet that i'm yeah it, w- it
0: would it would be a bit extreme going straight from something like vegan to uh eating meat full-time wouldn't it luke
2: yes it would yeah <laughs> is that what you did yeah i did and i pa- I paid the price Nick, how was to, it like uh, aw- <laughs> it was horrible um it was it was awful i ended up um Wow. I, en- I ended up having an accident on day one. I ended up shitting myself. It was just, like, not I nice. have heard from Joe um, Rogan
1: that, that that happens on the carnivore diet.
2: And I, and I can vouch for the fact that it does happen. Um, I found that, like, our, I found energy levels were low. My guts weren't great. Um I found it really boring. Like I was saying to Travis, like I actually just was I was crying out for like a plate of a bowl of vegetables with, you know, peppers and broccoli and mushrooms and just flavours and taste. I just found all of that was completely like gone. Um so personally I wouldn't recommend it as a diet. Um I'm I like you, I I went vegetarian for uh, very strict for 12 months. And I was cool with that. And I'd started to introduce a little bit of fish back into my diet. So I was kind of pescatarian. Yep. So I was having a little bit of salmon. Um, but then, yeah, we got this challenge and I thought, fuck it, I'm going to go for it. And, um, went all in <laughs> and, uh, yeah, paid, paid the price big time. Um, but the interesting thing is the guy that, uh, that gave us the challenge, he seems to do it and it seems to work for him. Like his Instagram is just full of plates of meat. And it's like, yeah, fair enough.
1: First of all, I want to applaud you for just like diving in head first. Because that's that's a big step to go from like vegetarian, pescatarian, whatever it is, straight to like a carnivore diet. So awesome job on that alone. Yeah, thanks.
0: Um, (laughs) We're hoping you've got something... Well, Different. I, I do,
1: I've got a challenge for you. I could, I yeah. mean, I wasn't sure Come if you on. guys wanted, you know, a diet specific challenge. Now that I, that, no, that no. wasn't my challenge. So what my challenge, I could give you a diet specific one if you want. No, thank but you.
0: I've no, got a better you.
1: version, <laughs> I think. Um, my challenge is something that I'm totally blowing. I'm going to look this up quickly. Um, take the uh, just cause I want to quote the, the right quote. Um, Oh, oh
0: God, I'm getting scared now. <laughs> Just after like what's happened it's, on the previous and, and, challenge. And I've
1: actually, I've heard, okay, I've heard down. different people, but it's it's um, a quote from Eleanor Roosevelt. And it's something that okay. I try to do regularly. Or, and I, at least I remind myself regularly, do something every day that scares you. So that's wow. my challenge for you for the next 14 days, okay. is to do something every day that scares you. And it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be running a waterfall. Um, it could be literally doing something as simple as talking to a stranger. Um, it could be trying a new food. It could be anything replying to an email that you've been putting off because you just don't want to do that. Okay. Whatever it, it, just something that's uncomfortable that, you know, okay. essentially scares you or that maybe you, you, you've got fear involved with it. Um, and I encourage you to, to just dive in and do it and do that for 14 nice. days. And, and I think uh, once you start, that you know, be good. building habits in, in those, you know, essentially determining the difference between fear and danger, um, it, it can quickly change where you start realizing that a lot of it is subconscious where, you know, you've got fear, but there is no reason for that fear to, to mm-hmm. exist.
2: What did you what, what did you say? It was false evidence appearing real fear. Yeah, I,
1: I didn't yeah. I didn't come up with that just to clarify. I mean, <laughs> oh, um,
2: you've come down but, to my ex- like, estimations but, now.
1: But but yeah, no, I've I've uh, fear stands for false false evidence appearing real, and so there. I mean, again, you guys can head over and listen to the podcast to to hear my podcast on the difference between fear and danger. But the idea is. Fear is made up, it's something in the mind, whereas danger is something that physically exists. Uh, Danger is where, you know, if you have a fear, or like, if okay, if our goal for today is to do something that scares you, and it Mm -hmm. was like, you know, eat a poisonous fish, you know, there might be some danger there, okay? Let's, <laughs> let's actually like, let's think about this and let's, you know, come up with a scenario where it's like, okay, what are the pros and cons? Why am I doing this? Is it because Nick said so on the podcast versus <laughs> mm, I, I might get poisoned by doing it? Yeah, maybe let's not do that one. When it's like, hey, there's that girl in the shopping mall or, you know, that I want to talk to, but I'm I'm afraid to talk with her. What are the fears? She says, hey, you know, leave me alone. That's not, Mm -hmm. that's, you know, something made up in the mind. First of all, you're coming up with a scenario that might never turn into reality. And two, it's nothing that's going to be physically dangerous. So that would be a fear where it's like, okay, that's fear versus danger. Find those things that are, that you have fear or that you might be fearful about and just overcome them by taking it on.
0: Mm. I think I'll overcome mine by thinking, it makes great podcast content. It makes great podcast content. <laughs> <laughs> no matter how bad it goes. <laughs> That's it. Well, or,
1: or just maybe like, you know, press, pressing publish when you think maybe it's not ready yet. May, may, that might be something where it's like, I might be fearful to put this out in the world, but I'm going to do it anyway.
0: I'm not going to uh, do that with Luke uh, on this podcast. I'm not going to publish <laughs> him. Uh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a big thing for a lot of people though. I think especially the world that we live in today, I guess is another rabbit hole we could dive down. But um, I think because of things like social media, people care a lot now about what people think about them. And like use put pushing publish for some people on certain content can be like a real tough one for them right. to kind of put yeah. that out there. You know? Um, yeah. yeah I, we I, I, so we right.
1: definitely, we, we live in this world now where, people very much care about other people's versions or other people's um, ideas about them or what they might think. And Mm. I, I, again, I did another, you know, short format podcast about it, but, but the idea that people aren't worrying about you stop worrying about what other people think because they're not (laughs) thinking about you. They're thinking about them because that's the world that we live in. Everybody's worried about themselves. So like just forget about worrying about what other people think. Life yeah. will become a lot more stress-free and you'll be less anxious and things aren't going to go wrong because in reality, you know, th- people think that like they're the center of the universe in some ways that like, Oh, I've got to be careful. Cause everybody's looking at me. Everybody's watching and listening. Mm, they're probably not. You could put whatever <laughs> you want out there and you know, yeah. you might get a couple people that say, Hey, why'd you do that? But the vast majority of people, they don't care or they enjoy it. Really. So Don't be worried about what other people think and
2: just go for it. So did you say that this is something you do every day? You find something that scares you every day to... Um,
1: I I try to remind myself every day when when I have fear that comes into my mind, because I, Mm -hmm. I do know the difference between fear and danger. When I feel fearful, I try to remind myself, well do something every day that scares you. Did you do something today that scares you? If not, you mm. better take this one on. Um, yeah, and, mm. and not, not every day do I have that fearful scenario, sure. but if I was to do a two week challenge, I would make sure to find it. You know what I mean? And, and create mm-hmm. that, yeah, that. Yeah. Okay. Scenario. Yeah. Okay.
0: We'll find it. Don't worry. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> just, just, yeah. I can't, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can't get, if I've I'm scared of getting out ideas. of bed, it doesn't count. Right. I know. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Yours, <laughs> Yours is gluten. You're scared of eating gluten, though, right? You should do um, that for a challenge. No,
0: th- this is the danger thing—the
2: fear and ah, okay. danger thing.
0: Okay, yeah. Severe I know it's allergic. not like, I was, like I'm not. I'm going to go like, oh, I'm, I'm scared of uh, I'm scared of eating nuts because uh, I need to get to hospital within thirty minutes afterwards. Wah! Got a challenge on the podcast though. So. Yeah, no, like make, make
3: great, great, great content. content.
1: <laughs> and that's exactly what I'm trying to explain, that difference between fear and danger. When someone says like, oh, I'm going to run the opposite direction through the highway. It's like, no, that's a stupid idea. That's dangerous. <laughs> but, but when it's like, I'm afraid oh. of, you know, writing my thoughts or or I'm afraid to talking to someone or I'm afraid mm. to doing whatever it is, that's fear. And so, I mean... Figure out the difference between fear and danger. I think I've kind of like said it enough. I feel like I'm kind of kicking a dead horse here. But um, (laughs) but if you still don't know, do a little bit more research on it.
2: (laughs) Yes. Yes, we will. Or or I'll just send you a DM. You'll be like, this guy keeps messaging me every day, asking me the difference between fear and danger. leave
1: (laughs) me alone. No, that's good. You can hit me up.
2: Nice. Um, but we'll definitely do it. We'll definitely do it. And we'll report back to you um, with what we did and what we found, because I think it's quite cool to do that. Um, are we going to – I think um – Travis, we're going to go on to Adam's podcast and talk about the carnival diet at some point. So we might not be right for your audience, Nick, but if you did, if you were struggling for episodes, <laughs> we, could come, we, could, we could come on and talk uh, about how we found this challenge over the two weeks as well. So no, I, I um, think that
1: would be, uh, that'd be great. I'd love to have you guys on and, and after the two weeks are up, we kind of just, uh, do a little bit of a deep dive of, of kind of what were some of the challenges or or the situations that you overcame fear and, and how it kind of worked out for you. But I, I'd love to have
2: you guys on. Yeah, yeah well,
0: I was I was going to say, you know, if you're scared of having us on, that can be your thing. That can be ah. your thing. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Playing him his own game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, see,
0: I'll get him back. <laughs> well, Nick, this has no, been fantastic. This has been awesome. Uh, well, thanks awesome for having chain. me on, guys. Oh, lots of cool stories, so lots me. of interesting things for, for everyone who's listening. Uh this is this is this is Nick from uh Art of Awesome, the podcast. Go check it out. And um Yeah,
2: what's your Instagram handle? Nick Nick Kayak. Just drop Nick, that in there. Nick Troutman Kayak.
1: Uh, Nick Troutman is like Fish Man. So Trout man. Nick uh, Troutman <laughs> Kayak.
0: Yeah. Oh, I wasn't gonna say it, but you said it, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Fishman. Worst superhero um, name ever.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah trust me i drew a couple superheroes when i was in high school they never really turned out very well <laughs> That's
0: well nick thanks very much thanks uh thanks for coming on to talk to us thank
1: really
2: you so appreciate much. It's been, it honestly it's been awesome so thank you for the time yeah
1: awesome well thank you guys and i look forward to having you guys on my show too
2: definitely cool. we'll speak again soon cheers 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 bye, bye. oh so i just
0: what? removed it
2: oh did you do, do I stay? Yeah, you want to stay? Oh, mate, that was awesome. Yeah. Really, really interesting. Uh, he's yeah. cool. He's a very cool guy. I, do you know what? Like, there was, um, I saw him online and I was like, mm-hmm. he seems really cool. I'm going to message him. And, um, he came back and I was like, why the fuck would he want to talk to us? It was one of those things of I was literally, it was like throw away. It was like our oh, message, Nick. Uh, he seems like a really cool guy. We're not going to hear back from him. And he was like, yeah, well, come on. I was like, wicked, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was just like, huh? Um But for me, that was really interesting. Like I genuinely have the last week been um obsessed with freestyle kayaking and just watching videos of freestyle kayaking and, waterfalls and stuff which is why i've done none of my homework um <laughs> for this week so like i surely that's a get out of jail free card right there but, uh, um, well I got, so, I got so obsessed with watching nick on youtube that i haven't done anything that i'm supposed to do this week well it's does great for, it's me, great for nick It's not great free... for us though is it <laughs> uh, are you are you planning so so i think we need some planning for this 14 days Okay. Do you not? Yeah, yeah. Do you have fourteen things that scare you straight no, away? No, because I've, I've got. I've got some one that I can think of that I can I've do at the few. moment.
0: You know, considering there's there's yeah, a hard lockdown of at the moment, so I can't mm-hmm. exactly uh, jump on a plane uh, and do a skydive because that does scare me.
2: Yeah, so that would be wicked. Mm. Do you think there's any that we have similar that we can do together? No, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Do, 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 do you want to know what genuinely would scare me? And this is not even me like joking. You know, you are trying to get that woman on to do the dating thing, and she runs a Zoom. She runs a Zoom singles meetup. Yep. That would scare the heebie-jeebies out of me. What can that? Can honestly, we go into the like,
0: meetup before? Like, it, it,
2: go, going going on a zoom singles meet up would scare <laughs> shall we do it like, together not, uh, yeah i think that should be one i think that should be one that we can do together because that genuinely is uncomfortable for me going on a zoom i will just be like a clammy little shell <laughs> <laughs> hi my name is luca <laughs> doing his 14, 14 day challenge for Nick and he like kayaks and stuff and <laughs> I just get like that
0: <laughs> you suddenly like lost 10 years of your life just then so <laughs> you pre-puberty Luke suddenly,
2: <laughs> suddenly came. so mm. what are we doing for the rest of the show because I've not done any homework you haven't you've but also I've not done any homework
0: well I've been doing my my kind of challenge this
2: week yeah let's talk about that so last week we found out that I shat myself. <laughs> this week, we're going to find out that Travis shat himself. Come uh, on.
0: Uh, this week, I did not shit myself.
2: Oh. However, I, I, I did was have... for shitty pants. I, was I did have the
0: complete pants. opposite problem, <laughs> which was... You um, threw up. No, n- no, more of the literal opposite problem, which was I... I, I I had my before the diet I had my last poo on the Monday. Next okay. time I went to the toilet for a poo was Saturday.
2: Holy shit. Okay. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, no poos. No poos. What the fuck I tried. came out of you on Saturday? <laughs> I just- not much! That's the weirdest thing. <laughs> it must have it must have left a mark on the Richter scale. I, I wow. thought I felt something to shake.
0: Yeah, well I mean, to be honest, I woke up first night, I woke up with pain at the bottom of like my back intestines. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. um I, I I was like, i got to go to the toilet. Mate. And I just sat there and nothing was happening. Just nothing was mm-hmm. happening. It felt awful. I felt absolutely disgusting on, on that, on that first night. Um, slightly more than the other nights because I slowly adjusted, but oh my God, that first night was absolutely abysmal. And did you, were you awake?
2: What? Were you, were you awake?
0: Oh, for most the of the night? night. No, no, no. But for quite late into the night, no, I woke up at like one in the morning with this, this pain and I had to deal with it. Um, and like, yeah, I just had to, I sat on the toilet for ages, waited for it to go away mm. and then kind of just went back to bed having achieved nothing, <laughs> nothing at all. Mm. But I did, I did prefer, prepare for this challenge. Like we we spoke about this last week that um, I was going to bring out my good friend, Travis Cooker, and we were going to actually oh, try okay. and make it work. Um, yeah. So I took a nice trip to... Uh, to the, uh, to the butchers that I, phoned. I phoned the butchers on the last Saturday to place an order for some things to make sure they had them in the store because uh, I know that you got to uh, you got to prepare when you're uh, when you're doing stuff with lots of meat if you want to get all those nutrients out then you need to uh, you need to be using stuff like um, the, the liver the heart and the bones and stuff to get all of your all of your meat and all of your what is it Vitamins and stuff like that. So vitamins and minerals. Vitamins minerals. and minerals. Yeah, but I also I mean, wanted things to that. taste. I also wanted things to taste nice. And and did they? Some of it. So this was the okay. thing. What this tasted thing. nice? So I made. Um, so the first day I had um, a French omelette, uh, which was lovely. Uh, in the morning, it was the first one I've actually ever made, and apparently it's quite difficult. And then what is a French omelette? French omelette. It's just like a—you're meant to scramble them into curds to begin with. It's not meant to brown at all. It's meant to be very, very soft and creamy as a, as an omelette. And so that sounds French. Yeah, very soft and creamy. Wow, mm. Jesus Christ, Lou. that sounds French. Yeah, and I'm
2: t- I'm thinking about cheese and fondue and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like
0: well... The, the omelette was nice. And then, so I bought, I realized that a lot of the flavor was going to come from butter and from cheese. The, this is, these are the only places that I could get a flavor from for this, for this challenge. And so... Um,
2: cheese, yeah.
0: Yeah. And so a lot of it was the sense that when you're searing meat, you get to all this like caramelization and you really, really need to capitalize on that and use it. So I was making sauces with everything that was left in the pan. So the first, um, the first day I had like steak and eggs for lunch um, and then I, I used the yolks of the eggs to make a little creamy sauce um, from the, the pan and then I used, made like a, a blue cheese steak sauce for another steak during that week as well, which is quite cool. Um, but I made um, a bone broth, a homemade bone broth using literally just bones and that was for like- How I th- that, does that work? So, so you got the bones, you roast them, put them in a pot, put them in there Sorry, with some where'd water. So
2: where would you get bones from? The butcher. Butcher gave you bones?
0: Yeah, yeah. I was just like, can I have some bones? And they're like, yeah, sure. How many do you want? And I, they gave me a bucket. Um, so, and, I, you, and you did what with the bones? So I roasted them um, yeah. and then I put them in a pan with boiling water and then just simmered that for 48 hours, basically. And that extracted all of like the gelatin and the the stuff from the bones to make what we called bone broth. Usually you'd put a load of vegetables in there as well like some 48 garlic. Hours. Yeah, yeah. So usually you'd have like carrots, like garlic, all of this and then I ended up with basically this this um stock, this this pure bone broth stock. Well, which then I could then use to um in, as part of all the sauces that I was doing, also in a stew that I was going to do, mm. uh, but didn't actually get round to it. Um, yeah, and then I then tried to like experiment a little bit as well. So I had another omelette, which was nice, some smoked salmon as well. That was quite nice. The breakfasts went quite well, to be honest. Like omelettes and uh, scrambled eggs with salmon, and then I tried. I tried to make these things called steak bites. So I, I looked this up. I was like, what's interesting things that you could do in steak bites? Um, usually they're like breaded. And I, I, I saw this thing where what they did was they made pig rind. They took pig rind, turned it into pork scratchings, whizzed up the pork scratchings and used that to bread, uh, like as you would breadcrumbs to make chicken like As if nuggets. you
2: did this though. Yeah. Really? I you were it. there minting up pork scratchings on a Friday night. Yeah, yeah. And it was that is mental. It was not worth it by the look on your face. No.
0: It wasn't <laughs> worth it at all. <laughs> I made these, these I I'll, I'll tell you what. Like uh, this was when I broke. The the, the 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 so I put a lot of effort into these um pork scratch these, these bites. pork scratching bites things and <laughs> before I go into that, like I also made these liver meatballs and uh, like with pork belly and stuff. And if I just had these with something else, like on a normal day, if I wasn't doing this diet, I'd have been like, Oh, they're quite nice. Actually. They're quite interesting. You know, Mm -hmm. wouldn't have them every day. Wouldn't have them every week. Probably wouldn't even have them once a month, but they're interesting. And, um, I was sat at the dinner table with just three big meatballs on a plate not looking happy and um I was there and this was third day third day of the diet and I'm struggling to get through these mm-hmm. and my housemate who's uh, very very in a very very german way comes out of his room and he goes "James I hear you're doing a meat diet" and I was like "Yeah" and he's like "Nice I approve" Get the meat in you. Get having a good meat diet. How's it going? And I was like, well, I'm struggling with these meatballs, mate. Do you want to try one? He was like, yeah, sure. And he just like, one minute, scoffed the whole meatball down that I I provided to him. And he was like, "Mm, good. And then that went off again. And I was there like, (laughs) I was like, I don't want any more meat in my life. (laughs) And I would so energy levels appalling. Yeah concentration abysmal absolutely abysmal and like i struggled to concentrate anyway um but like apart from that first night in testing wise it was all right but Mm -hmm. i was so tired that i dozed off in one of my german lessons for only like a minute or two and i'm pretty sure i dreamt of a vegetable stir fry I'm pretty sure I (laughs) had (laughs) dreamt of just some vegetables, some colour, some flavour colour.
2: That's how I I was feeling, man. It's funny because we spoke about this before and it was kind of like, I don't want to go over the same thing we've been going over for three weeks too much, but like what you were saying, your body tells you what you want. Yeah. And my body was not telling me meat. No, not at all. My body was, but my body, my body is telling me veg. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh God, Broccoli. yeah. Exactly. Well it was funny because my housemate is is vegan. And um you what, know the one I, that scoffed the meatball. No, another one. Um uh she she's vegan and uh I I before the challenge started I told the like and I was like I gotta do this meat challenge. And they're like, "Do you want to?" And I'm like, "No, I don't want to, but I'm going to do it. I've got to try it." Mm. And uh, the, every day I was on this meat challenge. Um, uh, my friend who was vegan, she was like, Are "You enjoying your meat, James?" And I'm like, ah, "Yes, yeah, going okay." And she's like, "Oh, is it? Are you having fun?" No, I'm not having fun at all. And it was, yeah, oh, it was, it was so difficult. And I will say, like, the energy started to pick up a little bit. The concentration and the motivation were like at zero, but even though the energy started to pick up, it was just—I personally think—I failed on an on an emotional level. Really, I got to the point
2: I've never. What was it? Uh, What was the straw that broke the camel's back? What made you go? Nah, this is enough. Because for me, well, I was just done okay. with liquid ass. right? I had the other problem to you. I was just like, I cannot spend another day just mm. hovering around a toilet. And that's what yeah. made me give up. Well, if, the worry if I was wasn't there. in that state, I'd have carried on. But Okay.
0: Well, I got to the point where things were like starting to improve in a way. Ever so, so why slightly. why pull,
2: pull the plug at that point then? Because
0: it was still bad, for, for one. Oh, right, okay. And it was still going bad. And it got to the point where... Uh, never before now have I not looked forward to a meal I was cooking. Every time I've cooked a meal in my entire life, I've been like, oh, food is coming, I'm going to get some food and it's going to be great. And it got to the point where I got home and I needed to have lunch. And I was like, I just, I, I know, I just don't want to eat any of this at all. And I was like, shit, that's it. And I carried on, pushed through for like another day. And then like I stopped improving and it was these meat, These uh, steak nuggy, scratchy bites things. I sat down to eat them. Steak
2: nuggy, scratchy mullets.
0: Yeah, I sat down to eat them and I looked uh, and I put one into my mouth and it tasted so shit and that's when I broke and I covered them both in ketchup and mayonnaise and that was the end of the challenge for me. (laughs) That was the moment.
2: And I I couldn't do it. In summary, Travis and the moron approve of the colour <laughs> <laughs> we think everybody should do it don't we travis um yeah. you know yeah, you I'm know everyone saying. says
0: everyone says try you know try uh, try everything once and stuff like that or um don't don't get any, regret anything when you're trying out stuff new honestly I do
2: something every day that scares, scares
0: you, you. <laughs> honestly there's very few things I'd change in my life, but doing this for a week, like if I could go back in time, I wouldn't save anyone's lives. I'll just go back like two weeks from now and go, Travis, don't do it.
2: <laughs> don't do it. If you had a time machine and you could travel back any point, do anything. You go back a week's time and tell yourself not to do the carnivore diet. I'll
0: be like, put the phone down. That butcher does not need to hear from you.
2: Uh, yeah. There we go. We tried it though. And, mm. we, and we've got a new challenge, a new exciting challenge to get stuck into. Yeah, so, Which I'm not. Like, um, actually doing it,
0: I'm not worried about, which is weird because it's about fear. It's planning and trying to find the fear, which <laughs> is the thing that I'm, I'm worried about. But I'm sure we'll, we'll work something out. We'll work something yeah, out. Yeah, Even we if it's just... Two,
2: we are two of the, the most scared human beings that have ever graced the face of the earth. Oh, <laughs> no, yeah. We're actually all right. We're actually yeah. all right. We're, we may be little on the outside, but on the inside, we're big, strong... I thought you were six man. foot
0: six, built like a shit brick house. Yeah, brick shit, shit house. Brick house.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, mate, you're the worst brick house I've ever seen. Uh, yeah, um, brick shit house. Yeah, no. Let's keep doing that. And you know what? When we go and do the online dating thing, that's what I'll tell the girls because they won't know anything, will they? They won't be able to see they won't through be this Zoom. Past that. They, they, yeah, they won't be able to see through this 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 Zoom mirage. I'm going to catfish someone. I'm going to catfish them and turn up and be completely the other person to what they expect. <laughs> that's, assume- that's assuming anybody actually wants to meet me in the flesh and doesn't just put the phone down. We're not even doing yeah. this thing yet, so I don't know why we're talking about this, because it might not even happen. But not we've got the challenges. We've said the carnivore diet was tripe. We need to go yeah. to Adam's podcast and tell him our experiences of the carnival. Tell day. him he's a
0: fucking liar. That's what we need he's to do. He's a fucking
2: liar. He liked that. He liked that. I put that on our story <laughs> yesterday and he liked it. Um, well, we'll see. Well, we love him really. Uh, but let's quickly wrap up by talking about next week. We are going to do the homework that we said we would do this week.
0: Sorry, kids. Um, yeah.
2: Have you started with the Don't Fuck With Cats?
0: No, no. But I'm okay. I'm, I'm a good way through the book. Um so yeah we had a we had a technical issue uh when it came to uh finding this book last week Luke got scammed yeah, so we we've I've got, got a new one um oh god i forgot what it's called Fierce. Fierce Fierce the story of leopard print or something like that so we'll finish that Factions. we'll go over it it's going to be exciting um it's good so far we'll add
2: will add Nick's book to the to the list i'm up for that yeah what did he call it i've already lost my page it's... Uh, oh,
0: I screwed up the paper. Uh, Something the Rise Superman. of
2: Superman. The Rise of Superman. I'll add that to the book spinner.
0: Put that on the book spinner. Uh, we've also got... Um, uh, Post-Human Survival Horror by uh, Bring Me the Horizon. Luke's going to review that. And then we've got Don't Fuck With Cats for next week as well. So...
2: Cool. No guests next week. It's back to you and me. Yes.
0: You know, if people are sick of having, you know, far more exciting and successful people than Luke and I well you're in luck because we're back <laughs>
3: <laughs> I wondered where you were coming with that oh Travis mate do you know what some
2: <laughs> till next week mate, guys I just, yeah see you later bye
0: it's the Travis Pepper Show Thanks for listening. Because you've made it until the end, I'd like to think that you've enjoyed yourself. If you did, or even if you didn't, then uh, just leave us a review and follow us on Instagram at mentoring a moron podcast where you can get in touch, send us recommendations and see how we're getting on with our challenges. See you next week.